0: Yo, yo, welcome to Crypto 101, The Average Consumer's Guide to Cryptocurrency. This is Matthew Aaron. Today we have a special show. We have on Eric Larchevich, the CEO and founder of Ledger, the company that brings us Ledger Nano S and now brings us Ledger Nano X. And we get to find out what the S, what the X means. We get to find out the history. We get your questions answered by Eric himself. And we talk about the future of Ledger. I'm excited to get into that show. Before we get into that, really quick, please go to iTunes, subscribe, leave us a rating and a comment. It helps us stay visible. Patreons, thank you very much for all the support that you give us. If you want to become a patron of Crypto 101, please go to our Patreon page. You can find that at Crypto101Podcast.com, or you can search us on the Patreon page at Patreon.com and search Crypto 101. Your donations help fund Crypto 101. Edit shows, maintain servers, and and so much more. So thank you very much for being patrons and to future patrons, welcome. And I almost always forget this last part. This is not legal advice, trading advice, financial advice, or personal advice. Now for Eric and Ledger. Eric Larsevek, CEO and co-founder of Ledger. How are you doing today, sir?
1: I'm fine, very fine. Thank you. I'm just... Uh live in uh, in vegas for uh, for the ces uh, enjoying the the, the show and, and and the city
0: how is vegas is it your first time there or have you been there every year since you launched ledger
1: oh i have been there every year since i've launched ledger but uh, also i've been many times in vegas before because at some point point i even had a career as a professional poker player so i have spent months and months in vegas it's a really a city i know
0: Okay, so this is a weird question. This was not on our list, but there are many career poker players in the crypto space. Why is that?
1: First of all, in the uh, poker player, there was a lot of entrepreneurs because it's the need for, uh, I would say, the adrenaline for the taking some risks. And it's true that uh, there are many poker players that I knew from the time that I see now doing some trades, uh, because I guess that it's, it's about taking risks. It's about... Uh, doing things that not other not everyone is doing because at the time of when poker was quite popular it was not also seen as something uh, very good because it's gambling so you were a little bit uh, let's say doing stuff that could be frowned upon and I guess in crypto it's a little bit the same thing you know when you are uh, in Bitcoin and everything when you speak about that people do not know they think it's uh something bad right I would say that now it's less and less the case but uh, I think that's why we see a lot of poker player in crypto
0: today you say you saw a lot of entrepreneurs in the space and you were a serial entrepreneur you had a business you sold it and within that interim you decided to start ledger in 2013 to 14 is that correct
1: i've been indeed um, an entrepreneur most of my life ledger is my uh, eighth company uh, and i was lucky enough to 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 sold uh, a few and uh, indeed in 2013 i did a price comparison engine i sold it and i was looking for the next thing to do Uh, i didn't start it immediately with ledger because uh, when I, um, I started to, to, to get interested into Bitcoin and uh, when I really understood it was a true revolution and I had to do something in the space, I, at the beginning I didn't know what to do exactly. So I decided uh, initially to open a Bitcoin center in Paris, which is La Maison du Bitcoin, the House of Bitcoin, mm-hmm. with the idea of having a, a, a place where you can buy, you can sell Bitcoins and also you can learn about Bitcoin. And so for one year I spent most of my time explaining the blockchain technology, the mining, what is Bitcoin, etc. cetera. It was a nice place in the center of Paris. Uh, and also it was it gave me a lot of opportunities to, to meet other startups, other entrepreneurs. And I met with two other startups one named BT Chip, uh, they were basically coming from the smart card industry. It was a startup from Nicola Baca, who is now the CTO of Ledger. And basically, he had designed the first version of the hardware wallet. It was named HW1. Uh, it was extremely technical, uh, almost impossible to use, uh, because you had to use command line, and uh, it was uh, the UX was uh, not existing at all. And there was another company named ChronoCoin, and they were selling Bitcoin through postal services. And since they were sending the Bitcoins, they, they needed a media for the private keys. And they didn't want to use a USB stick. They wanted to have something more secure. And so they started to work with BitChip, And they made the first version of hardware wallet that you could use. And that became the Ledger uh, Nano. And at the time, I saw these two companies. And uh, we were basically sharing the same understanding and vision that uh, blockchain technology, cryptocurrencies could not scale without endpoint security. And as a French, we were quite experts in secure hardware, smart cars. And so we thought, okay, we have something that we can do on the space. And we decided to merge the three companies. And this is how Ledger was born end of uh, 2014.
0: Man, that's super interesting. Okay, you said you have the HW1, which was impossible to use, and you wanted to get people off of USB sticks into something more professional, more consumer-friendly. I saw a tweet the other day. It was from Mr. Chalk. He said, hardware wallets are overpriced pieces of hardware. You can do the same thing with any USB key or a piece of paper. What do you say to that comment?
1: Well, it's uh, clearly a misunderstanding of what is a hard. Basically, uh, if you think that you can use a USB key, uh, it means that you do not understand the threat models. When you own bitcoins, what you really own are private keys. They are the bearer bonds of cryptocurrencies. And whoever has access to your private keys has access to everything. So if you want to secure your cryptocurrencies, you need to secure the private keys. The issue is... If you keep your private keys, it's a file, it's an information on your smartphone or on your computer or on a USB key uh, memory, uh, USB disk that you connect on your computer, then your private key is live in the memory of the computer or uh, the smartphone. And as you know, smartphone, computers, PCs have not been designed for security. You have a lot of malware, a lot of viruses. And so it's just a question of time before your computer can, could get hacked and that you could do, lose everything. So the hardware wallet, uh, even though it looks like a USB stick, especially the, the, the products from Ledger, it is not a USB drive. It is a secure computer uh, which has a secure element, and basically it provides isolation. It makes sure that even though the hardware wallet is connected to the computer or the smartphone through uh, USB cable or Bluetooth or whatever, it will never expose the private keys to the host computer. If you want to make a signature, the signature will be done inside the secure element and the computer will get only the signed transaction. So there is a big difference between a USB flash drive and a hardware wallet. And regarding paper wallets, so the paper wallet is much better than a USB uh, drive because it's really offline. However, when you generate the paper wallet, you have to make sure that you do that uh, without being connected to the internet because uh, it could be dangerous. And the the biggest issue of paper wallets is that you cannot really use them securely. If you want to make a payment, you need to take the paper wallet, uh, to scan it, uh, to enter the private key inside the computer, and then you are back to square one. So paper wallet could be interesting, but only... If you think that you are never going to use your crypto for like a very long time and also you have solutions with uh, Bitcoin and some other cryptocurrencies but you do not have easy access to paper wallets with a lot of cryptos and if you have a lot of cryptocurrencies you then you, you have to manage a lot of paper wallets. And you could make a lot of mistakes. That's why hardware wallets not only are very secure, but also quite easy to understand, easy to use, and avoid you to make uh, costly mistakes.
0: You understood this threat model, which made you make the first Ledger Nano. And the first Ledger Nano was bare bones. No screen, no nothing. Can you tell yes. us about that first product that you created, and can you please tell us about the subsequent products that you made? Ledger Nano S, Ledger Nano X, Ledger Blue. And what is the X, S, Blue, and those things stand for? Or are they just very catchy sounding?
1: So first of all, we called the Ledger Nano Nano because Nano means small. Uh, And so it was just a smart card that could connect on a USB connector. So no screen when you wanted to sign a transaction you had basically either to pair with a smartphone or to use a card with a lot of numbers so you can check that the address you want to get paid is the right address. So you had to, to, to enter your 24 words on your computer, the rest. It's, from a security point of view, uh, you had to be quite careful at initialization time. So it was a good start. Uh, it was the first generation of hardware wallets, but of course, uh, it was lacking a screen. And that's why we did the Ledger Nano S. And S very basically stands for screen so <laughs> uh, it has a real meaning that's why we, we call it nano s nano screen yeah, and I, so was, by... I
0: was thinking that it was, it was like super or sport or something like no supreme. screen
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, you didn't have to to think too much uh nano s for nano screen and then when you have a screen you can directly enter the the 24 words on the hardware wallet you, it would never be uh, online and also you can check the parameters of your transaction before uh, we launched the Nano X, we launched the ledger blue and initially the blue was for Bluetooth uh, because we wanted to make a device that had not only a large screen, a large touch screen but also Bluetooth connection and even more NFC connection. But when we industrialized the ledger blue, we had some issue with the Bluetooth signal. Basically, it wasn't working very well, so we just discarded the the Bluetooth connection on the Blue, uh, and it was sold as a Nano S with a larger screen and and a touch screen, so for easier, uh, let's say, user experience for people who really want to have uh, an easier interface to to, uh, validate transactions. Mm -hmm. So the Ledger Blue initially was for Bluetooth, but uh, Bluetooth never got uh, activated but uh the nano s has been quite a success we have sold about 1.5 million units uh worldwide congratulations uh, yeah it was it was uh, quite a ride on 2017 when the the the, the crypto went uh, crazy and one of the features that was asked all the time was mobile connectivity because if you want to use the nano s you have a usb uh, cable and you need to plug it on your laptop Uh, on your desktop computer and so it's a little bit clunky if you want to make payments on the go Mm -hmm. Uh, and a lot of uh, users want to be able to uh, transact securely from their smartphone ios android they want to have a mobile app but unfortunately it's not easy to connect to the usb uh, cable especially on ios where you cannot access the usb uh, connection and so uh, we decided to launch an extension of the nano s with bluetooth uh, and so it was called Nano X, basically for extended uh, because we saw that not as a replacement of the Nano S, but as something based on the Nano S, the same form factor, but with more uh, features. The Nano X was unveiled at the, the, the CS, That was the, the, the main reason for the ledger presence uh, this year. And so it's a hardware wallet with Bluetooth connection. More space for apps. Uh, you can have up to 100 apps uh, in the same time. A bigger screen, a easier interface, etc. I'll
0: be honest. I'm I'm kind of disappointed that the S doesn't mean super and the X doesn't mean extreme or
1: something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was very simple. It's practice. very practical. It was very simple. you yeah, very practical.
0: <laughs> you mentioned that you went from 30,000 units to a million units. You said you sold already 1.5 million units of Nano Ledger. What was that like as an entrepreneur, as a startup to go from, you know, basically bare bones of a, of a startup company to an extreme like volume selling com- company that is, I would say, probably one of the pillars of the crypto community right now?
1: Basically, uh, it's like it's living the dream. Uh, when you build a company, you are always daydreaming about the day that it will become big, that you will have success. And uh, what happened with Ledger went over all my expectations. Even when I was like uh, dreaming about a great future for Ledger, I never thought that it would be as crazy. The demand for our devices uh, became completely crazy, and we had to scale operations, and and, and for six months, everyone was working like crazy to be able to fulfill the demand and also trying not to kill the company because when you have too much growth, you can really have a big accident and, and, and die because uh, you take hundreds of thousands of pre-orders and what happens if you cannot deliver because you have some issue in production. So uh, it has been extremely exciting at times but also very stressful because we knew we we were playing for big success and, and we really had to uh, to deliver. I remember
0: the scaling of Ledger in 2017. I, I remember that you couldn't get a hold of them. I remember the price gouging from people that bought maybe 100 of them and were selling them for 300 bucks on, you know, Amazon or eBay or what have you. What was it like in the back end? What was the risk that you were taking when you said, "Okay, we need to amp up production and get these Ledger nanos to to the customers?" What were you doing when it comes to in terms of capital, capital raising, securing the device? Where was the device sourced from? Were you sourcing from China? Was it designed in, in France or how did that whole evolution go? Because in my imagination, and I, and I was talking to Blackfolio the other day, and they went from 8,000 users to, you know, 2.5 million users of their portfolio app. And they had to scale their servers from paying $200 a month to $100,000 a month. And I'm just thinking, man, that must have been a big risk to say we have to really put some capital in this. What was that transition like?
1: Well, it's true that when you scale very quickly, it has a lot of cost because you need to pre order all the bill of materials, all the chips. And some of the chips that are used into the, the Ledger Nano uh, S devices had uh, up to uh, 40, 45 weeks of lead time. So we had to place orders early. That's why at some point it was impossible to find the Nano S because even though we could try to scale the production in China, initially it was manufactured in France. So everything is designed in France and the manufacturing was moved to China because that's the only country where you can really build huge uh, production units uh, in, uh, in, in weeks but it was a lot of investments, but uh, we were lucky enough to have this pre-order, so people were basically uh, sending us the money before, so it was not an issue to find the money to, to scale because we had it from our customers. However, we understood quite quickly that to be able to to scale and and, and build a professional company by hiring people in hr in legal in finance uh, uh, customer support operations uh, manufacturing we needed access to more capital and that's why we decided to raise a very large series b round we raised 75 million dollars and and so it was for us a way to secure uh, the future of ledger to hire security uh, researchers engineers uh, to build, uh, to make sure that we can have the state of the art regarding security of our devices. We were blessed to be uh, at the time of the the, of the market uh, blowing up, growing, and in the same time finding investors who really believed into what uh, we wanted to build.
0: Listener and Ledger user Adam Price asked when the next bull run comes and we need your wallet, but there isn't any selling and you can't keep up with the demand again? I mean, if Bitcoin went from, you know, a couple thousand to 20,000, I mean, people are expecting or predicting or hoping that Bitcoin would go from, you know, 4,000 today to fifty thousand, sixty thousand. And I think that a lot more than 1 million ledgers are going to be sold in that time. How
1: are you planning for that? So we learned from the past. So now we we, we do have some stock for the Nano S, for instance, uh, and the Nano X, which is now uh, in production, the deliveries will start in March. The Nano X is entirely as uh, designed and assembled uh, in France uh, because we wanted to get back uh, to, 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 to France all the production for a lot of reasons. And we have invested 8 million euros into our own factory. So it will not be a problem to to scale. Uh, we have all the fulfilling for the, the chips and everything. We have very good relationships with uh, ST Microelectronics, our supplier. So if tomorrow, uh, and that would be a great news, Bitcoin went to twenty, fifty thousand dollars 50000 then we would be able to deliver, to produce, to scale, and uh, we have the capacity to, to deliver millions of units of the Nano X or the Nano S if the market were uh, scaling again.
0: Is part of the reason why you want to move from China back to France, the IP, the dangers, the threats of maybe some uh, security issues that producing in China?
1: No, not at all, because we are using secure chips, and when we are flashing the firmware, it is really encrypted end-to-end from our HSM, our hardware security module in France, to the production facility in China, and there is no way, no possibility for uh, the manufacturer to intercept the IP or to change the firmware or to do anything. The main reason why we have decided to go back to France is because we wanted more flexibility because when you have your production units closed, then uh, you can react much much faster on many aspects. And also, since we are using secure chips, and that secure chips sometimes are classified as dual use, Uh, Which means uh, civil and military it was quite complex to continue to export in China our uh, Secure chips and import etc. So we didn't want to take the risk that at some point uh, We would get banned from China uh, because of the use of secure chips So for us, it's more a way to secure the production but regarding the IP that wasn't an issue at all
0: Can we please talk more about the security and the chips within the two devices the s and the X, and I want to talk a little bit more about the X, and I also want to talk about the Bluetooth feature of the X. And two questions came about from this. Ray Watson, listener and Ledger user, asked about the security of using Bluetooth. And also, Randy McMillan said that you know when you use a Bluetooth device, like if you pair your iPhone with your headphones or anything else, you can see your neighbors have headphones and in in their uh, you know Bluetooth devices. Will neighbors or people close by be able to see? your Bluetooth device and see that it's a ledger and know that you have a ledger in your house?
1: That are very good questions. First, regarding the security of the Bluetooth connection and the impact on the security uh, model. From the point of view of the hardware wallet, uh, of the Nano X, it operates upon the assumption that the Bluetooth connection is compromised. So first of all, the private keys are never going out of the secure element, so they are, will never be transported on the on the Bluetooth, and the Bluetooth connection is just.
2: Hey guys, TiVo here to tell you about the UFi Video Lock, a smart lock, a two K camera, and a doorbell all in one. And for airbnbers it's a no-brainer as you can change the passcode at will between renters it has available fingerprint recognition and it has ai self-learning chips so the more you use it the more accurate it's going to be you will have no anxiety with the battery charging it is a rechargeable battery and it lasts around four months but don't worry when it's low it'll give you plenty of weeks notice and also it always comes with a physical key Go on Amazon and search UFY Video Lock. That's EUFY Video Lock. Or visit ufeofficial.com/slash video lock. Again, that's EUFY Video Lock. UFY Video Lock. Get complete control over your front door.
3: What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify?
1: a media, a bearer. And for us, it's exactly the same from a security point of view than the USB cable. Uh, the, it is encrypted end to end. We use the highest level of security of the Bluetooth uh, protocols. And if it were compromised, which is possible because nothing is uh, unbreakable, then the worst case scenario is that you will have a privacy issue. Because the only things that are transported on the Bluetooth connection are public data, such as the parameters of your transaction or the recipient address. So you could leak some privacy uh, information. And if there was some kind of man-in-the-middle attack, uh, someone would like to replace the destination address, then since you are always checking visually on the hardware wallet the parameters of the transaction then you will see that the address has changed and you will not validate. So the security model relies on the fact that you always verify what you sign. And then even if the Bluetooth connection is completely compromised, the phone stay safe. Now regarding privacy. It is true that the Bluetooth connection is going to advertise its existence when you do a pairing. Uh, And so it means that if you have a close neighbor, or if you are, uh, I don't know, uh, in a train station or something, uh, and that you are using your device by scanning the Bluetooth uh, environment, then uh, you could see that potentially you have uh, a Nano X because there is a name. However, if you change the name of your device to I don't know, uh, headphones of uh, Eric, uh, then your neighbor will see some uh, name that is not uh, really indicative of, uh, of a device. Then, of course, if he's especially looking for the signature of a ledger device, he will be able to see it. So from a point of view of pure privacy, if you want to stay uh, quite uh, private, just rename your device to something else. And after If you think that uh, you could get uh, listened or you want to have the maximum level of privacy, then it is true that maybe you do not want to use Bluetooth uh, into these conditions because it is for convenience, it is to use for mobility, for smartphones. But if you want to stay extremely private uh, and that you do not care about using the smartphone, especially if you are at home, Uh, then using either you disconnect the Bluetooth, you switch it off and you use the Nano X with a cable like a Nano S or you use a Nano S because the Nano S continue to be supported by by Ledger, of course, as it is a very resilient device and very useful for long-term storage of your crypto.
0: Talking about the Ledger X a little bit more, say you're on the go and you want to make a payment to somebody in cryptocurrency, something that you're holding in your, you know, my crypto wallet, or you know, your Bitcoin or Litecoin or whatever else that you guys um, support. Can you can you just give us a summary of what's the process of making that transaction? And also, you have to carry your X with you. Is that correct? And what's the security risk
1: of that? So you indeed need to have your uh, hardware wallet with you. If you don't have it with you, then you cannot uh, use it. So the first step is to power on your device. Then you enter your PIN code uh, to unlock it, and you are going to prepare your transaction on your smartphone through the Ledger Live uh, application. So uh, you will scan, for instance, a QR code. You will check that uh, you are the, the scan was okay, that you are sending to the right uh, address. You enter the amount, the, the, the fees. And then when you want to sign the transaction, you are going to select which hardware wallet you want to use, because maybe you have more than one uh, Nano X, so uh, you have the list of all the devices you have paired with your smartphone, and you select the one you want to use. You are going to launch, for instance, the Bitcoin app on the Nano X, or the Ethereum app, if it's Ethers, etc. And then you will see on your device the parameters of the transaction, like amount, recipient address, fees, you check again that you send to the right address. Since the Nano X has a larger screen, like double size of the pixels, then you can view the destination address at once. On the Nano S, you had to scroll, it was, uh, let's say, less uh, useful. So on the Nano X, it's, uh, let's say, an enhancement of the user experience. Mm-hmm. And then you press bus button to sign so from a cyber security point of view this is uh, extremely safe there is no scenario where you can get hacked because as long as you check on your device what you sign there is no possibility of signing something that you do not want to sign however if you are fearing that someone comes with a gun and ask you to empty your uh, and send all your crypto to to his wallet then it's true that uh, from the, the physical threat Stays true. So, after it's up to you to have your best practice and to make sure that you do not want to expose yourself to a critical threat by having millions of dollars on you. Uh, So, I guess you have to use the same caution uh, than when you take money with you on the go with dollars. Uh, Maybe you don't go out in the streets or in a place that you do not trust that much with uh, $50,000 in cash uh, on you.
0: Understood, understood. You were on Unchained the other day, and Laura asked you a great question about best consumer practices, about keeping your seed safe, your mnemonic seed, keeping your ledger safe, and so on and so forth. Could you briefly just touch on the best practices, in your opinion, for consumers using your product?
1: The first thing is take your time. Read the documentation. Be sure that you understand what you are doing uh, because you are dealing with money, Uh, You are dealing with critical information when you prepare your backup. Uh, So you have to be very careful and very mindful of what you do. Make sure that you select a pin code with a minimum of six digits and that is not easy to guess, like don't take your uh, date of birth, for instance. And make sure that you keep your backup extremely uh, safely. Uh, My recommendation is to have your backup, so the 24 words that you write on a piece of paper, in a very safe place. Ideally, uh, you're uh, safe in the bank, and not something that you have at home because if you get home or if someone comes in in the night and uh, steal your backup, then it can be very, uh, it could be, uh, you could have a lot of losses, you could lose everything, especially if they know what they are doing. Uh, So it's best to make sure that your backup is out of reach, Because uh, then it puts you also out of the equation if uh, someone wants to break in your house and torture you to to get access to the backup. Uh, Because uh, if you see that you are in critical uh, danger, you can maybe always uh, take a hammer and destroy your your hardware wallet. Uh, But the backup is something that you need to to, to restore uh, safely. What are some
0: options if they write down the wrong Seed word. What are the options if they forget their PIN code? Is there any way to recover any of those?
1: So, when you generate your seed with your ledger device, we are going to uh, ask you to enter your 24 words. So, if you write them down, it, you are going to fail the verification process. But in the unlikely case that, uh, let's say, you you, you write it, it's checked, and after you cannot, you, you do not understand what you wrote uh, after two years, then if you are missing or not sure about one or two words, then you can easily uh, recover the seed because there is a, a limited number of words, like only 2,048, so you can quite easily understand uh, the mistakes that you that you have done. However, if uh, really, you, you destroy your backup, for instance. You do not have any possibility to uh, find your backup again. If you lose your backup and you have your Ledger device, then you have to make sure that you, you buy a new one, a new hardware wallet, Ledger or something else, doesn't matter, and then you transfer all your assets to uh, the new hardware wallet and on which you have the backup that you have secured. If you lost the PIN code, if you didn't remember, you cannot remember the pin code of your device. So if you have your backup, then it's okay because after three wrong attempts, it's going to, to to go back to factory mode. It will uh, lose everything, and then you can recover your twenty four words. However, if you lost, if you have lost your backup, and you do not know your pin code, then it's game over. Game
0: over, you said just game over. Yeah. Now that you have the X out. And the S and the Blue are now older products of yours. Are you planning to update or up the storage or enhance the S in the Blue?
1: Both S and Blue will be supported in the future by, by Ledger. So all the users of the S will continue to get uh, firmware updates. But there is no Nano S 2 uh, on the works uh, at Ledger currently.
0: About a year ago, there was a security update with one of your firmware and you guys fixed it really fast. Very popular. Everybody knows it was a 15 year old kid discovered a so, uh, vulnerability yep. in the firmware. A question that came from Mr. Ray Watson. He asked, what would happen if you don't update your firmware and what would, for like maybe years? Maybe you just put your ledger in a drawer or in a safe or what have you and you don't even look at it for three, four or five years. It Is that something you recommend? Is that something that you shouldn't do? You should always check for firmware updates and pull your ledger out. And what would happen to the vulnerability or the security of your ledger if five years go by and
1: you haven't updated? If you do not plan to use your device, there is no need to update it. Uh, You can let it five years in a vault, in a safe, and not updating it will not create any uh, issue because it's not used. Uh, So that's not a a problem. If you do not plan to use the device, then uh, you do not have to update it. However, in five years after you want to use it, and if there have been some critical vulnerabilities that have been discovered, uh, then you may want to update uh, your device or you may want, because maybe five years have passed, you may want to recover your 24 words into a different device uh, of a new generation, for instance, because most probably there is a critical vulnerabilities, for instance, when you update the firmware, maybe it's going to ask you to enter again the 24 words. So that's why having the backup is extremely uh, important. But to come back to your initial question, no, you do not have to update your firmware if you do not use the device, because anyways that it doesn't matter that it stays like that.
0: Have you ever considered hiring the kid? That uh...
1: so, yeah, we had some discussions with Salim. Oh yeah. Uh, he, yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, we we had a bounty program and uh, we we pay him some bounties for all the discoveries that uh, that he has uh, has done, and uh, we have discussed potential collaboration. So Salim wants to stay independent. So he doesn't want to uh, be hired by us or by anyone else. And so we, of course, uh, respect uh, his his choice. But we will be happy to to continue to collaborate with him. And uh, he may also continue to to send us, let's say, uh, responsible disclosures uh, to our bounty program. So hopefully in the future, we will continue to have a fruitful collaboration.
0: Right on, right on. A question that came from Bart Brzozowski. And I think this is universal when we use wallets in the crypto space you know i use my desktop wallet is exodus my hardware wallet is ledger nano s and we always wonder in the crypto space what happens if these companies go out of business what ha- what happens if ledger goes out of business or if for one reason or other you sell you decide to shut down the company something happens and then there's no more support where is our crypto then and how do
1: we use it the, the the beauty of uh, decentralization and the beauty of owning your own keys with a hardware wallet is that if tomorrow Ledger will just disappear for any reason, it will only be an inconvenience. Inconvenience in the sense that maybe you will not be able to use the Ledger device with the Ledger Live because our APIs will be down, but if you use the Ledger device with, I don't know, Electrum, or with uh, my crypto or my wallet, then it doesn't matter that Ledger exists or do not exist. It's like you buy a physical safe, if the manufacturers just disappeared overnight, then nothing happens. Maybe you are not going to have some support in the future, and of course you may consider to move your funds to another hardware wallet, but it will never impact your capacity to access your funds, because at worst, what you are going to do is to take your backup, your recovery phrase, your 24 words, and import them into another vendor, another hardware wallet, and you will recover access to everything. All the paths for private keys, for all cryptos are following open standards. All hardware wallets are compatible from this point of view. So we have always made sure that Ledger had to be out of the equation, that Ledger could disappear tomorrow tomorrow. That will not impact our users. They will not lose access to their funds.
0: Listener and ledger user, Mr. Matthew Harper, wants to know about the future. He wants to know if there's going to be a way that in the future, maybe X will be compatible with Apple Pay or Google Pay. And will you guys think about doing software or mobile wallets? Like, for example, HTC just came out with the Exodus hardware wallet cell phone. Are you guys thinking about like different ways to incorporate into different uh, everyday use
1: items? So regarding payments, I think that the Nano X or other hardware wallets could be compatible with Apple Pay or whatever. The day that tokenization is a thing, that if one day we have the crypto dollars, the crypto euros, and that it is used by a lot of third parties, and you could use cryptocurrencies in a much more mainstream way and then it could be compatible uh, with uh, Apple Pay or or, or else. However, our hardware wallet, our technology and everything that we do is only related to cryptocurrencies and you cannot use it as, uh, let's say, a credit card or you cannot use it for Visa, MasterCard. This is another universe. Now, regarding hardware wallets that could be uh, installed on a phone, That is something that we have been working on with uh, Samsung and others for quite a while already. Because in some smartphones, you have what is called a secure enclave or trusted execution environment. And it's basically a secure computer inside the smartphone. It's a little bit like computer inception. And the idea is to, to, to run the same operating system that you will find on the Nano X inside the smartphone and since it's running in a secure enclave even if the android phone is compromised uh, the isolation model will prevent the hacker to access this uh, secure enclave and so the private keys will stay safe so in a few years we may have a hardware wallet directly inside smartphones I say in a few years, because right now, the fragmentation of the different, let's say, secure enclave, the different technology prevents to have a smooth usage uh, of that. Uh, the technology is quite new. But I believe that if one day crypto through tokenization other is going to be extremely mainstream, we are not going to sell a hardware wallets to billions of people because that's not how you can have mass adoption. However, we will be able to deploy our technology directly inside a smartphone, thanks to the secure on clips.
0: The Ledger Nano X is now taking pre-orders. What's the price?
1: The price is $119 or uh, €119.
0: And you're taking the pre-orders now, and it's going to be shipped
1: in March. Is that correct, sir? Yes, it's going to get shipped in March and the first 10,000 orders are getting a special Genesis Block uh, Edition, which is a unique uh, version of the Nano X. We are doing that to thank our uh, early adopter uh, of the device.
0: Awesome. And so, so people can FOMO a little bit and run over there and start placing their orders. How many have been ordered so far and do they still have a chance to get that X?
1: Yes, uh, we already have a few thousand orders, So uh, I think that uh, if you buy uh, in the next days, uh, it should be okay. We still have Genesis block editions uh, available.
0: Excellent. Crypto 101 has positioned itself to be one of the first stops to get into cryptocurrency, one of the first podcasts, just because of the, the name, to be honest. If this was the first podcast a new person in the space was listening to, and they're listening to you, what would you want them to know about getting into the crypto space?
1: Well, I would let them understand that uh, the idea of uh, cryptocurrencies and decentralization is that you are your own bank, and that you have to really understand what you do. Education is uh, really important. If you are here just for uh, the speculation and everything, then I would say, please, take the time to understand a little bit, a minimum of the technology. Please read things about crypto about bitcoin try to understand uh, how it works because that's really uh fascinating
0: thank you for that advice sir and also thank you very much for coming on crypto 101 thank you for your time and i hope you are enjoying las vegas are you going to see any shows while you're there
1: yes uh, i'm going to see the david copperfield shows in uh, in a couple of hours So well, he's, yay, still, I'm going he's still to doing his it. thing Yeah, still doing these things. I don't know what is going to make disappear. Especially, I (laughs) hope not my Nano X. uh, But yeah, yeah, he's still here. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Sir, before we go, last question. I always ask everybody, what three songs would you like on the Crypto 101 Spotify playlist?
1: I don't listen much to music. So I I may be your first guest to answer that. I have no idea what to say. (laughs) No,
0: actually, you're not the first guest. And actually, quite a few guests say they don't listen to music. quite amazing
1: okay so okay (laughs) maybe it's a thing in crypto then i don't know
0: (laughs) eric thank you very much for coming on the show thank you thank you very much for listening to this episode of crypto 101 eric if you're listening thank you very much for coming on the show and i'm excited because eric is going to send us one of the first ledger nano x's and we get to test it out i am excited To do an unboxing and let everybody know about the experience as soon as we get it and if you want to know more about the behind the scenes how this conversation came into fruition go to crypto 101 with matthew on youtube and i'm going to put up a video and talk just about that in our next episode of crypto 101 we have on alan henna who created and operated staking nodes and our episode is decentralization 101 what does it mean to be decentralized what is this word decentralization actually it's a lot deeper than we might think and i'm excited to bring that conversation to you before we go apogeecrypto.com apogeecrypto.com cryptocom the best place for your real-time prices and i want to say thank you to harry for editing this episode we'll see you in the next episode with mr alan henna